0: This is the MagicWord Podcast.com.
1: We're now into day number three, which really is officially day number three. We had a pretty full day on the first day, even though it really didn't begin until noon, and then we had a full day yesterday, going way until the wee hours of the morning, in fact. Uh, now we're here on Sunday morning, getting ready soon to have the uh, stage contest, and uh, I'm also here with someone that uh, I like to talk with, and oftentimes we'll see each other, sit down and chat for the TAOM, Mr. Greg Lancaster. Hey there, Greg. Hi, Scott. How are you? Fantastic. And I know you live in College Station, which is not so far away, and that's the home of Texas A&M, and so uh, you, you go to the uh, convention. is kind of centrally located, so you can attend all the conventions of the TAOM. So how many times do you come? I'm uh, in my
2: 49th year of, of being a TOM member. Wow. Next year is my 50th year, which I'm excited about. But I've, I go to two, three, four conventions a oh, year and have for a very, very long time. So I go everywhere. What is it about conventions that uh, attract you? Friendship. Wow, that's a quick answer. Yeah, friendship, <laughs> relationships. Some of my best friends in the world are magicians. That's my network. That's who I talk to. And uh, I'm never happier, Scott than when I'm at a magic convention. I do not read a newspaper. I do not turn on the television. I have no idea what's going on in the outside world. You
1: have no social media.
2: And I I do not do social media. I'm a much happier person at magic
1: conventions than anywhere else in the world. That's a fact. Hmm. Because that's all we do is talk magic and just have fun. And and you're really more of a mentalist, wouldn't you? call yourself as opposed to a sleight of hand artist.
2: I do a lot of mentalism and I like mentalism and it fits my style. Today, that's what I do. I still refer to myself as a magician in general, but uh, I like mentalism and it works with my Q&A style, work the room, talk to people, interact, And yeah, at this stage of the game, I just turned 62 years old and my fingers are not as nimble as what they once were. And I think a lot of people can relate to that.
1: Well, yesterday, Christopher Carter was lecturing and he talked about a Q&A act. Did you get some tips from that?
2: Yeah, Christopher Carter was one of my favorites, and he's a fella that I've seen twice before. I think at Mindvention and maybe one other convention. Magic Live. Magic Live and a Mindvention. He doesn't tend to work a lot of conventions. No, he doesn't. He's a real-time worker, 3,500 shows on college campuses. And I love the guy. He's got multiple award winner also from all the colleges that love him. You're absolutely right. He's got the right presentation, the right feel. He's not hokey. He relates to an audience immediately. I have emailed him twice in the last A month or two expecting his book to be released at this convention, Uh, but it's not available yet. He said last night that it'll probably be the beginning of the year, but I was coming here to buy that uh, book, and
1: he knows (laughs) it. (laughs) Well, another guy that was outstanding I think was Steve Valentine. a And I say that because not only, of course, is he outstanding, but he doesn't go to conventions very often either, and I think his lecture is going to be later today, and he performed then in last evening's show. What are your comments about uh, that?
2: Love Steve Valentine. Even I used to watch him On Crossing Jordan The television show With Jill Hennessy We fell in love With Jill Hennessy Because she was always On Law and Order And still is And uh, so I've known Who Steve was For a long time I met him at Magic Live Several years ago Great guy Funny guy He's an actor A good actor A great magician and uh, I've visited with him a good bit here at this convention, just 101. He is a wonderfully warm, nice human being. And he would be an asset to any convention that I can tell you. If you're looking, And he's in, he's in the bar. He's in the hallways. He's available to talk to. And, you know, a lot of magicians are run to the room after the show, but that's not the case with Steve Valentine. So he's absolutely a winner. In fact, I'd say so far Steve Valentine and Chris Carter are my two favorite people here at this convention, even though there have been plenty more.
1: And, and remember also, last night, they were on the same bill last night. It actually, it was great, because there's the two of them. Instead of just doing a short turn, each of them gave a full turn. And guess who was the MC? Emce- it was Michael Finney. Michael <laughs> Finney. So that's about <laughs> as good a show as you're going to get. Yeah. Three guys that actually
2: work in the real world and know what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, it was a great show, no question.
1: Yeah. Now, I did not stay up much past the... Uh, the Children's Panel Discussion, which they had. And uh, that was featuring, um, let's see, Lanny Kibby, Dal Sanders, C.J. Johnson, uh, Tom Vorjahan, and uh, Magical Katrina uh, talking about uh, their various backgrounds and different ways of handling children and family shows and everything. But I went back up to the room and I was working on the podcast. But I know that things went on quite late. Tell me what else went on last yeah, night. Yeah,
2: I think we finally finished uh, Midnight Magic at about 2.30 or 2.45 in the morning. Something along those lines. 2.15, <laughs> I can't recall. We had a lot of performers. Chad Long opened the show. Steve Valentine was on the show. Uh, I was on the show. Uh, Just just a bunch of friends. Ron Wilson, we had a great time. My uh, fine young friend, Fabian Marino, is the guy who's going to be hosting that show, I think, in the future. He should host it. Basically, what we have is Roger Klaus's Midnight Madness, which we all went to for decades here at the (laughs) TOM. And Roger passed, you know, about 10 years or so ago. And uh, Fabian last year hosted the show. He did a fantastic job. We've spent time with Fabian. Him and his dad own a jewelry store, a watch store, third generation watch store. Very high-end watches. I'm a watch guy and a hat guy, as you know. And uh, so we've spent time with Fabian in his store in San Antonio. And he is a great guy. He is a student of magic. Garrett, a great lecture. He's got a great lecture. I gave him a standing ovation last year at the yeah. TOM. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic lecture. I was shocked at how good he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a student of Gary Plants. He's a student of, of these guys that actually know what they're doing. He's very well connected. He's you know young guy, probably about thirty, I'm guessing. But uh, I'm hoping that he'll host. This show every year for us at the TON.
1: Well, we have gone through a few other hosts. I know Danny Garcia has done it. Uh, Jamie Salinas has done it. Uh, and going back to the original idea, it was kind of a Roger Klaus Midnight Madness, in which, as you said, it was Roger and friends basically That's right. that he would tap out people throughout the day and saying, "Hey, can you be on the show? And I want you to do that trick. I don't want you to do you know like a whole show. You're just right. going to do like that trick, which could be a three minute trick or 60 second trick or right. whatever, basically. Right. And so it continues to this day as being that, and it's not necessarily starting at midnight. In fact, last night it began, what, at 12.30? It started
2: at 12.30 and then went to way after two. There were two sessions, the first session and the last session. And Fabian said after the first session, guys, if you're tired and you need to go to the room, go ahead and head out, and for those that want to stay, let's stay. And uh, the bottom line is we had a great time. It's a jam session is what it boils down to. It's informal, and you can stand on the stage or you can stand in front of the stage. You can use sound or not based on what you're going to do. And uh, bottom line is it was what it was, and it was a lot of fun. The people that yeah. were there had fun.
1: Yeah. I had fun. Was there something else that happened between the, um, the panel discussion and the Midnight Madness, or did they go straight into the Midnight Madness? They went could- straight into Midnight
2: Madness okay. is what they did. Okay. Yeah. And that was the last event of yeah. the evening.
1: Well, again, as we're sitting at breakfast, we're about to go into the stage contest. There are not a lot of people here because they're probably still sleeping in.
2: I can guarantee you that is the case. A lot of people are going to be sleeping in after that one.
1: Those of you who listened to the podcast episode from yesterday, I was talking with Dick Olson, who is the president, and he was saying also about how jam-packed this is on the schedule. And there are a lot of overlapping things and things that start early in the morning go late until the next morning, uh, trying to get these things in. And I don't think that people are disappointed by... I having too many things to do uh, what are your feeling about should we have too many or less
2: no I, I come here I want to spend time with friends I want to see as much magic as I possibly can I think uh, this has been an outstanding convention for a very long time like I said I was, I'm in my 49th year being a member here and I'm not going away anytime soon that I can guarantee you and I go to a lot of conventions but I'll tell you right now the tom on Labor Day if you're looking for something to do ladies and gentlemen on Labor Day, the T-O-M is a place to be. I've said it all over the country. It doesn't matter what city we're in. Next year, we're going to be in Dallas slash Arlington. It will be a SAM slash T-O-M slash FISM qualifier. It'll be a knockout of a convention. If you're looking for something to do, come to Arlington, Texas next Labor Day. We're going to have a blast, I can guarantee you. You're going to be there. I'm going to be here. there.
1: And we're going to have fun, aren't we, Scott? Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. T-O-M is spelled F-U-M. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Greg Lancaster, Scotty L. Good job, Scotty. The next few conversations you're about to hear were recorded during the stage contest. What I did as the master of ceremonies for the stage contest was to have people come up uh, certain uh, people to uh, to talk with so this way I didn't have to say anything really about the contestants. The problem with trying to MC a Contest is you're not supposed to talk about anybody nor to encourage applause nor anything. All you can do is just give their name and their location where their home city is and bring them on. And then afterwards repeat their name for the judges. So. That's why I thought, well, the best thing is to provide people while they're sitting there waiting for the next act uh, to prepare is to listen to some conversations from some guests uh, and performers and lecturers and others who happen to be attending the convention. So we had uh, about four, I guess it was four or five uh, different people who had uh, stepped forward and sat on the edge of the stage, and we had chatted. So the next few conversations, you will kind of hear some of the things going on in the background, the audience uh, interacting applause, as well as it sounds like a hall. There's a little bit of an echo perhaps in there, but I was using two microphones. I was using the one for the podcast as well as the one to uh, hold towards the person so that way that the rest of the audience could hear what they were saying too. So I hope you enjoy these next few as well. So we're getting started. Uh, Cindy, just have a seat over here. Sure. And my guest, first guest up over here today is someone who is the other half of uh, the team who <laughs> is on the uh, Cartoon Circus, is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, Cindy Sanders is uh, my guest then right now, and she plays Boopsy the Clown on the uh, TV series, which is international. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, the TV show and that.
3: Okay. Well, it's internationally syndicated. All It's all over the world. In fact, it's in... Um, Asia, it's at like a 90 million homes in Asia. Wow. Um, but we, but um, I'm, a, I'm a clown, I'm Boopsy the Clown, and, and Dal is the ringmaster, and it is, um, we host uh, old-timey cartoons. The producer got the rights to the cartoons, and he wants something to do with it, yeah. and so he built a show around, called Cartoon Circus, he built it around um, the old cartoons. So we do, like, excerpts between the cartoons to introduce the cartoons and just to make it fun. Um,
1: And do you have, like, a peanut gallery, I mean, like, for kids and all that? Yeah, (laughs)
3: Yeah, we do. We have a live little, uh, you know, few kids and... They're all you know they're all um, clapping and yeah so you
1: have a live audience and we what about 15 20 30 kids or? Mm,
3: it's more like yeah f- seven or ten but
1: now, yeah. when you film this is there a, a regular television studio you do it at home or <laughs> where do you
3: <laughs> we do it in a studio but it's a, a it's just kind of a makeshift studio in, in Irving Texas it's okay. it's not a big studio he, and it's a so then
1: how true. do you find the children to be in the peanut gallery I mean is it something that you solicit or saying we're gonna be filming or how do they uh, get
3: so we teach uh, the discussion magic program we teach kids magic uh, camps and um, we taught over 500 kids camp uh, magic this summer
1: just this summer alone wow yes. how about that
3: <laughs> and and we uh, give them the opportunity to come and be some of the the kids in the peanut gallery as you call it yeah <laughs> in the well, what
1: do you call it i mean uh, that the was audience. something from the okay the audience <laughs> that was from uh, howdy doody boy am i old okay so <laughs> you guys laugh because you know who howdy doody was then too which was one of the coolest things when I went to uh, David Copperfield's museum and saw all of this stuff that was amazing. But to see the original Howdy Doody, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, I still got goosebumps thinking that's, that was Howdy Doody. Anyhow, <laughs> and he's got it, of course. Uh, so uh, back to Boopsy the Clown, and Dal is like the ringmaster, right? And yes. so, okay, so it's a circus kind of a. It
3: is a circus of atmosphere, yes. Right, uh-huh. and
1: so it is a half-hour show, right? Or an hour? About how long?
3: I think they're about a half hour. Yeah, <laughs> so we do two or we we like open the show and then they show a cartoon and then we do something in the middle and they show another cartoon and we do something at the end. So
1: right. Yeah. And as far as what you do, do you kind of provide some slapstick type of uh, <laughs> uh, clown comedy or what kind of a clown are you?
3: So we we do magic and science tricks. Basically, we teach um, uh, some. Or demonstrate some science principles and magic principles. Um, and yeah, I mean, Dal and I work off, uh, we um, like, I'm kind of like Gracie Allen, you know. I'm just oh, yeah. kind of.
1: <laughs> so you're a talking clown, you're not. Oh, definitely okay. a talking clown, yes. <laughs> It'd be hard to shut you up, I think is what Dal is, the words But he said. I've
3: been a clown for 30 years. I mean, I, that's not, you know, I, I'm a professional performer. Um, of, I'm not only a clown, I do other. Um, I do puppet shows, and I do magic shows and things like that for families and, and children's audiences.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, did you become a clown after you found out that Dal was also wearing <laughs> that the thing for yes. that burger company?
3: <laughs> I, I used to be his... Um, his agent And I, uh, we also have a company called Amazing Attractions, and we book other entertainers, too. And I was always the one, the booking agent. You know, I was the one that did all the background work, and I saw that everybody else was having fun, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I asked Dale to help me um, put together a show, and we started out with Boopsy the Clown 30 years ago, yes.
1: For 30 years and been continuing that. Now, is the show available also in the United States so people can watch that? Or is it on the internet? It is.
3: It's syndicated. On, like if you have a Roku, you can find it on your Roku. There's some episodes on YouTube. Um, it's cartoon with a K, Cartoon Circus. Um, but, but if you scroll through your, like, your, your Rokus, um, you, mm-hmm. you can find Cartoon Circus on there.
1: Because I was thinking it was like Spider Network or something it was on. Or?
3: It is on Spider Network. I guess it's still on Spider Network. I think it is. S-P-Y-D-A-R is the network.
1: Okay. And that's something that you can find online, even if you don't have a Roku TV, that's I guess. That's true. So.
3: That's true. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, what about the, uh, uh, coming up with the different ideas? I mean, week after week, I think that's got to be pretty difficult. And then the things you're going to be teaching. How do you come up with those ideas, and what kind of research do you and Dal do?
3: Well, I mean, Dal's been, he was um, the world's most famous clown for 40 years. Most of you probably know that. Um, and so in those 40 years, he, we did, he did a lot of school shows, mm-hmm. and they were all educational school shows. So we, he kept, much to my chagrin, because our warehouse is way too <laughs> <laughs> packed with things. He's kept everything he's ever had, and he and he it's very organized. He keeps them all in one case. So when we want to um, come out and do, you know, something on science, he'll bring out a science show, and we'll do them do some things from that. And we can do. He has 40 years worth of educational. Information that we can share to our audience. <laughs> I know some
1: people might have another word for that. <laughs>
3: yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Cindy, very much. I thank appreciate you. you being over here. Cindy Sanders. <laughs> now, I want to introduce from Houston our next performer uh, coming up, who is the amazing Anthony, Anthony Wilkins. So I thought it only appropriate that we then uh, have the other side of the Sanders family. All Sanders, all the the time. All look the same? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, have a seat. Oh, thanks. And we will chat here for a few moments while we get ready for the uh, next act. I want to talk to uh, Dallas, not so much about the Cartoon Circus, but about next year's convention. You're going to be the incoming president. You'll be... I'm going sworn at, at tonight. tonight, sworn in tonight. Swor, sworn at, <laughs> that's right, and you'll be then the uh, president. Dude, what number will this be, by the way, the TOM? This must be number what, 80 something, 88, 80, okay, I, I'm asking the wrong guy. I, I look that old? <laughs> <laughs> old enough to know better, yeah. maybe that's what it should be. So, but you are going to, what? I, I thought you were handing me something. No, I'm not. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to hand you a line in just a minute, though. Okay. So tell me about the the convention next year. How's this going to be different from a regular TAOM?
4: Well, first of all, it's the 100th anniversary of the Dallas Magic Club. That, you know, for sure, but not the TAO. How about right.
1: that? A hundred years. Okay.
4: <laughs> and uh, it, it's actually a little older than that, but we were incorporated in 1924. Our charter was signed and delivered to us by Harry Houdini, and uh, we still have it. It hasn't been lost to, to the spirits of time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, uh, it's also going to be a SAM combined convention, and we'll be hosting the FISM North American Championship of Magic. So, the, you cannot go to FISM in 2025 without coming to Dallas in 2024.
1: So, the path to FISM goes through Dallas next year? Correct. And so if you attend, even if you're not going to be competing, at least you might have a chance to see someone who could be the next FISM winner over in Italy.
4: Absolutely. Sure. And and the contest alone would be worth seeing. But we're going to top that off and, and raise the bar a little bit because our acts are all going to be FISM winners and quality acts. People who've uh, won FISM before, you're going to see the very best of the very best magicians in the world wow. in Dallas.
1: Wow. Now, for those of you, perhaps, who may have attended Magic Live. How many people did, by the way, attend Magic Live by applause? I can't see right now. So, Okay. There were a few of you. And for those who didn't, then you, uh, let me just tell you, there were some FISM winners, quite a few FISM winners that were there, and it made the show outstanding. And so that's the kind of uh, quality act, again, you're going to be seeing. And people are still talking about that. And we might be bringing some of those guys in? Yes, well, thanks. Okay, I, I,
4: <laughs> I, I, I'm not at liberty. Mike Miller would uh, uh, beat me if I gave names yet, but uh, yes.
1: Okay. And Mike Miller, by the way, is uh, the talent chairman, has been for a number of years for the SAM as well as for Abbott's and a few other things. I mean, he's well-connected and... Mm-hmm. And so, it's going to be outstanding.
4: We, we really do have a great team. Not only do we have our uh, Dallas Magic Club team, but Trixie, Trixie Bond. Our own Trixie Bond is going to be doing special <laughs> events. Uh, you're going to be helping us, as you know, with a lot of uh, publicity and things yeah. like that, right. and uh, marketing. Um, so this is not just a Dallas T-A-O-M, this is a T-A-O-M, T-A-O-M. And uh, combining with the S-A-M uh, team that we have with Mark Wheat, Whitehouse. Mark's and, right there. Uh, he's past, uh, like you, past national president. Yes, I am. And uh, he's he's actually my partner on this. So, Mark, you ought to stand up and take a take little bow.
1: Take a bow, little there, little. Mark. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs>
4: he's got the shirt. That's
1: right. He even got the shirt. Well, listen, we're getting ready. I think the next act is ready to go on. So, Dal, thanks very much, and we look forward to that. And people can register, I think, out there.
4: It's already yeah, it's already open. Officially it's supposed to open tonight, but they gave us the registration room today. Okay, and so you can go and register. And again, Dal Sanders, big round of applause for Dal. <laughs>
1: Our next act comes to us from Durango, Colorado. Uh, This is Mitch Harwood, Misto the Magi. Well, next up, I thought it would be kind of interesting, since we were talking with Al Sanders just a little bit ago about contests, is to talk with someone who has won some contests and also is a press president of the uh, local Houston Magic Club then as well. Please welcome my guest, David Rangel. Right. So, David, you had competed in the close-up contests uh, before. Now, many of you recognized David from the other night with his son, uh, Dave and Jake Rangel, open the uh, show on Friday night. There we go. <laughs> And you have, uh, I remember entering the, the contest and won several years ago. What was it that uh, made you want to enter the contest to begin with?
5: The challenge of it all. The and challenge? I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watching a lot of uh, competitions, act, you learn to, you want to tell a good story. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, when I would watch a good competition, act, I said, man, I want to try, it. I want to, I want to try that. I want to, I want the challenge of that and, and competing. It's like, oh, it's all fun.
1: Now, you just competed, I say just, uh, in close-up. Have you done stage? I mean, you're doing stage with Jake now, but...
5: No, uh, Jake dragged me into that.
1: <laughs> Kicking and screaming, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in, in preparation for the contest, though, uh, for, for close-up, how long did you practice, or you as far as putting together the,
5: the routine? Probably after like one year as a TOM, like okay, th- okay, this coming year, next time I'm gonna compete. So mm-hmm. after like the end of one TOM started, I just started kind of brainstorming ideas. Yeah, because you you want to be prepared. <clears throat> excuse me. Before, no, I wouldn't want to th- think the, like I'm gonna compete in the you know the convention's a month away. So it really did start like probably about a year.
1: So you're recommending that obviously you take some time to put together an act because you want to have a routine. It's unlike uh, a regular strolling or a close-up at a restaurant or oh, something. Oh, no,
5: it's completely different. Yeah. Like, I would never do, like, you know, what I do for... Walk
1: know, around. Walk around for real people. Okay. For, for, to, how does that differ, and what would you do different?
5: Just to how you would tell the story. Like, I think each competition act should be like a, it's like a three-part play. You're you're introducing yourself, but it needs to have an arc. So it needs to have a beginning, it needs to have a middle, it needs to have an end. And yep. whatever that arc wants to be, I think that arc needs to be there.
1: Yeah. And uh, in, in your particular case, then, you'd won once or twice or how many? Uh, just, the one time. just one time. Okay. So I was thinking you had competed uh, yet at, at I have other time. awards
5: in magic, but just for... <laughs>
1: <laughs> an award-winning magician. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so the other things that you had learned from your competition...
5: It's, it's, it's just the stress of it, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 you get a lot of benefits from it. So just being under the gun, being under pressure, what to do if something goes wrong, problem solving. There's a, I mean, there's nothing but ups from competing. And then if you do happen to get an award, that's nice too, but then yeah. you can use that however you want to use it, in your marketing. Or whatever.
1: Well, that was one of my questions of, of whether that you were looking at the competition as something that you wanted to win or just to compete, and we'll see how I do. I mean, did you go there with it? The, obviously, you want, to, you want to win, but, I mean, uh, I mean that's, that's why. Yeah, you, you start
5: off with, you know, modest ideals. Like, I'll just compete just, just for the fun of it. I mean, yeah. of course, I think everybody tells themselves that, but to win is very nice.
1: <laughs> it's a nice trophy. It's right. a very nice trophy. And uh, something certainly. The trophy
5: is cool. That's one of the reasons. Like, man, that is a really cool trophy. Like, we have a really cool trophy. That's really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really wanted that.
1: Ex- for those who are not, people who have not seen the trophy, uh, explain
5: why this is different from others. You could kill a man with it. It's heavy. It's like, <laughs> uh, you can knock somebody over the head, and then they're gonna get up. It's a nice, heavy. It's not some like plastic piece. It's like a really heavy. It looks like a like a little magic Oscar. So mm-hmm. It's really neat.
1: With uh, a magician a,
5: and a top hat, real classic kind of look.
1: And pulling a rabbit out.
5: Pulling a rabbit out.
1: Yeah, it is uh, unlike any other trophy of any other organization that has offered. Uh, uh, Prizes as well. Was there a cash prize with that the year that you had? Because I know from year to year they do have had different uh, cash prizes. Did anything go with that your year, year? No, it was
5: Fort Worth. they chief cheap that year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just spitting facts. I don't know why you get mad.
1: But uh, uh, have you then been a judge in competition since? I now? did
5: judge I, uh, last year. Uh, you know how TLM is sometimes. Last year I got a phone call the morning of. I'm like, hey, you're gonna judge. Okay, <laughs> so, I, I did, yeah.
1: And so I, I know that we have judges here then today that are obviously uh, judging the uh, the contest acts as we did uh, yesterday for close up. Um,
5: did Just you look for the folders?
1: Did you yeah look for the folders so you know who they were? Uh, they, they, they can so discreet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you learn as a result of being um, a judge then too? I mean, did you did you think that by being a judge and you can see the Uh, The categories and how you're going to be ranked. Did you feel as if that um, you could have perhaps competed better or differently uh, before? Had you known in advance? Oh no, just folks.
5: Just being a judge, you know, and then like you see the hard work. But it's tough being a judge because like Mm -hmm. these guys work really hard, and whether it's you know. On this upper echelon, you can see it. Though. A lot of times, you say, "Man, they work really hard for this." So it's it's, it's tough. It's a lot of responsibility, and you want to do that. You want to do the right thing, and you know. But most of the time, like there was a clear winner. But sometimes you get the point where, like, there's a this guy was oh, but this person yeah. is so close, very difficult, and then you have like a little round robin where you uh kind of hash it out.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, would you hire this person? You know. Uh, for your your party or your show, yeah, that's a,
5: that's a heavy weight because you're like, yeah. one of these persons is going to walk away winner. One of these persons is going to be.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I would encourage, as you do, it sounds like, I encourage other people then to uh, enter the contest, and particularly uh, next year that uh, it's going to be a tough competition. Oh, and, oh man, yeah. I
5: would totally do it. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. and there's only benefits for it if you're going there with a positive attitude and, and just you, know, and you great. get to watch a lot of competition act. Yeah, absolutely. I would
1: right. recommend it. Well, great. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, David Rangel. Please welcome Magical Katrina. I thought it would be kind of interesting since we were just uh, talking about or that Greg had mentioned Penn & Teller. And you've been on Penn & Teller. What was that experience like?
0: It was amazing. And everyone was very friendly. And Mm -hmm. now I can double my rates. I recommend (laughs) it.
1: And I know there have been uh, uh, other uh, women who have been on uh, Penn & Teller, certainly. Were they, uh, when they came to you, did you go to them or did they come to you? Or how did you actually come about getting the...
0: uh... You mean Penn & Teller, teller, not the
6: women.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, Well, I actually uh, auditioned for it at a a venue just like this at the S.A.M. Magic Convention in Vegas. They Mm -hmm. had the producers, Lincoln and Andrew, uh, watch kind of like a sort of contest... And then they talked to everyone after and gave them notes whether they wanted you on the show or not. So it was a really cool opportunity. Uh, But they wanted me on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did Triumph, which is not fooling at all. It was Slop Shuffle Triumph, uh, for for you magicians that know that lingo. Uh, And And you're going to be teaching that later today? No, I'm I'm not going to (laughs) teach Triumph later today. No. Uh, But I did that, and uh, they said, we think you're really funny, but that's not very fooling. Can you do something that isn't cards? Because they want people to do things that aren't cards Mm -hmm. most of the time on the show. Uh, And so then I did the trick that I will be teaching later in my lecture called selection. Um, And it did not fool Teller. It fooled Penn though. So I like to tell people I fooled half of Penn and Teller. (laughs) Kind of like um, how Piff the Magic Dragon is the loser of America's Got Talent.
1: But still, yeah. appear but still to appears time. It still appears. Yeah, right. it's a great tagline. So
0: yeah. if you want to see what fooled half of Penn & Teller, come to my lecture. I'm also going to be talking about marketing and business and um, just how I do magic good. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. <laughs> okay.
1: And uh, you were also then uh, filling in uh, for the Illusionists, was it, or the Champions of Magic? It was Champions of Magic, I think. Is that right? Or?
0: Mm-hmm. I toured with Champions of Magic in... Um, I think, 2021 uh, during COVID times. And we went all over Mexico, and I was the close-up artist. It was pretty cool.
1: Wow. And uh, who were you replacing? Do you remember who was there before? Uh, you, Kayla
0: Drescher. She had, like, mm-hmm. I think an immune uh, problem because it was during, mm-hmm. before the vaccine.
1: Well, what was that like as far as the audiences? I mean, I didn't think people could get out, but in Mexico, they could come to the Yeah, theaters? oh, the
0: theater was really, really... Um, what's like responsible about everything. And I'm trying to think maybe the vaccine did exist. I have to, I should go look at my phone and like search Mexico and see when I was there. Um, but they had this white powder that you'd step in when you went into the theater that like was supposed to clean your shoes and they had like a spray thing where they would spray you in like a disinfectant mist, and mm-hmm. it, it, well, every time I entered the theater, so if I ever got coffee, I had to like leave for thirty seconds and come back, and they'd do the whole thing all over again. Oh, I was very interested.
1: They didn't do that for the people who were in the theater, but just yeah, the they perform- did every, every... No,
0: everyone, everyone who entered the theater. It was a big theater. It was probably like, um, you know, in each city where the musicals go through the big Broadway musicals. It was that size of a theater in Mexico like
1: in Mexico City. city? Yeah, it oh, okay.
0: was. Uh, Teatro One in Mexico City. Mm
1: -hmm. And so how long was the tour since it was during COVID?
0: It was two weeks.
1: Okay. And did you stop after that? I mean, your portion of it, and then someone else replaced you, or did you continue on uh, with them for a
0: while? uh, Oh, yeah, I didn't keep doing it. I think they didn't do it for a while, and then they did one in America, and they had Holly England, who's amazing.
1: Yeah, she was with them for quite some time. I think she got her own show. Well, Mm -hmm. she's with um, uh, Late Night Magic, I think, uh, at the Orleans, I believe, in fact, where they were right now. Right.
0: Yeah, late-night magic's great. If you're in Vegas, you should go. Uh, Bizarro and Shocker and Holly England and whoop, a bunch of other amazing people are in it.
1: Yeah. Now, the uh, kind of magic that you had done uh, earlier in your career was doing princess parties. And uh, I, is that a big thing in California or is it across the country? I'm not... Uh, well, I, I think
0: it's everywhere. Raise your hand if a child in your life...
1: But the, I I can uh, you just applaud
0: Frozen in the Past or a musical song from a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, quite a few.
0: <laughs> a few people. Yeah. Maybe you don't have children in your life. Well, but, explain um, what a princess party <laughs> is. Then. Oh, uh, all of the, you know, little girls and boys that love like Frozen or Encanto or any of those Disney movies um, you know, throw birthday parties where the character comes and acts like they're the character and uh, I would do magic. I would do um, out of this world, but with princesses and frogs. And the little girls would have to pick which one was, like, a prince and a frog, which is pretty cute. So I'd take Mm -hmm. magic tricks, and I'd make them princess-themed. And I would be, you know, Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. Not the Beast part. Um, But, yeah, and so that's how I started.
1: But you dressed as that, right? And you had these costumes that that were provided by your agent, or how?
0: Oh, well, when I was 17, I worked for a company called Carrie's Magic Parties that gave me 10 different outfits that were two sizes too big. They gave (laughs) me a dove bag. A, ch- a, a, dove, sorry, a change bag and a dove pan and hippity hop rabbits and the thing where peanut butter becomes jelly. They didn't teach me at all the psychology of performing for kids. They gave me 40 bucks an hour and they said, go. And <laughs> uh, those shows were just terrible, those poor children. Uh, but I, that's how I learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I eventually got my own princess costumes and started getting better at the different crafts I was doing, face painting and magic. And then I sold the princess costumes all together, and now I just do magic as myself, Um, which I think is more inspiring, just uh, like seeing someone that's like them being able to do magic instead of a fictional character, I think is really inspiring to little girls and little boys.
1: And so what type of shows do you do now? Are they mainly birthday parties and family shows, or are you doing a lot of corporate or exactly?
0: Um, I do a lot of corporate, but I try to get into that, like, corporate family market. Like, I've done family shows for Robin Hood and YouTube and Amazon and Facebook. But I st- I'll still do, like, uh, children's birthday parties, and I'll do corporate or weddings. Mm-hmm. I do everything because they're never booked at the same time. So you can do a <laughs> wedding and then a Timmy's fourth birthday party. They're going to be at different times.
6: Yeah,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Well,
1: and so what time is your lecture a little bit later today? Like 2 o'clock, I think? No, it's 10.30. I just
0: realized I left my watch in the hotel room. It's about 28 minutes, actually. Yeah, (laughs) come 28 minutes to the (laughs) room. Sorry, Axe in the back.
1: (laughs) Well, that's okay, because we're getting ready to uh, introduce the uh, the final act for the contest here. This uh, magical Katrina, big hand for Katrina. Thank you. All right, so we will now have our final act uh, number five we had uh, one had to drop out, uh, so from North Richland Hills, Texas, please welcome Michael Dimsel. We just completed the stage contest as you heard and uh one of the people who before they left the room i thought i would uh, pull over to the side because he's going to be lecturing later today and that's our fism winner <laughs> eric tate hey eric hey
7: scott how you doing <laughs>
1: fantastic good to always see you and uh we've run to each other's several conventions i think throughout this year
7: yeah i think that's uh, that's kind of <laughs> what we do now is we run around with podcasts with strangers we talk to people and then we wander away <laughs>
1: that's right and go on to the next one yeah exactly that's right um, and so this convention, is this yeah. the first time you've been to a TAOM?
7: I've never been to TAOM before, but, uh, I'm having a great time. You know, mm-hmm. Houston's a great city. The Texas association of magicians has treated me really well. And there's a very strong tradition of magic here in Texas. Mm-hmm. I know this convention has always had great turnout year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually lectured last night. I'll be performing in the close-up uh, gala today and, okay. uh, lecture went really well. Uh, you know, had a lot of really positive responses from it and then, uh, Looking forward to uh, putting my suit on and dealing some cards with some people today.
1: Was that a late-night lecture? Yeah, time, yeah.
7: I think I think I started at uh, 10.30 and ended at midnight.
1: Okay, so that was on right after yeah. the panel discussion, I guess
6: they had.
7: Yeah, mean? I think so. We we A few acts, unfortunately, weren't able to make it for mm-hmm. a var- wide variety of reasons. Right. And uh, so they sort of moved the schedule around. And so I ended up, because I was supposed to lecture today.
1: I know, it's what it says on the schedule. And darn, yeah. I was looking forward to that. Because last night I was putting this yesterday's podcast together, so I missed it. I'm sorry. Well,
7: I'll give you a prize. It lecture later i'll okay. teach you I'll teach you how to shuffle cards
1: thank you i could use that yeah <laughs> and i heard there's a new thing called a uh, two lift where you can lift two cards yeah, at a time yeah uh, it's
7: yeah the the uh, the gemini lift i the gemini, think they call it i think it. that's yeah. what it is yeah.
1: and there's another uh, move speaking of moves that you had which was the uh, the um rammo no
7: oh the ramlo bottom placement ramlo yeah, I was uh, so I I have intentionally stupid names for moves. So I have this move called the yeah. yeah the Southwest Control, which I invented on a Southwest Airlines flight. Then there's the Spanish Train Change that I invented on a train in Spain. And then there's a move that I use to get a card from the middle to the bottom. And I'm convinced that I didn't invent it; that somebody else did. But I cannot find it in a book or a DVD. Yeah. And it feels like something Marlowe would do. So I just called it the Ramlow Bottom Placement <laughs>
1: it's just an anagram. I mean, obviously, yeah. old Ram has been taken. The
7: yeah. You using, so? Well, you know, you have. Have to you have to credit appropriately and yeah. so
1: <laughs> appropriately. <yeah. laughs> exactly uh mm-hmm. and speaking of podcasts that you're still doing uh, with uh, with penguin yes and so that's regular daily week monthly. Uh, weekly. we're or how many
7: of- we're weekly we uh the episode goes up at 5 p.m eastern standard time mm-hmm. uh every thursday mm-hmm. uh we've had we're actually approaching our season four finale so i'm about to hit my fifth season mm-hmm. uh As of this week, um, as as we were talking right now, a conversation with Tony Hassini, Mm -hmm. the founder of the IMS, has gone up. That's a pretty interesting content, if I do say so myself. But then uh, very uh, upcoming—actually, this is an exclusive for you, Scott. Okay. Uh, Our season finale will be a conversation with Michael Lamar.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So
7: we talk about, uh, you know, him— developing the Easy to Master Miracles series is comp- competing at FISM it's, it's really interesting I think we got to go I think they're kicking us out
1: well I'm talking about uh, Tony Assini that he also has spoken to me about Coming in uh, and, and talking on the podcast uh, I sometime, the but night, I, I um, haven't had a chance actually oh, to okay. sit down and talk with him. But uh, I know he can certainly talk. It's kind of like like George Burns and Gracie Allen. You know, it's Gracie, how's your mom? And then he takes off because he is really fascinating from the standpoint that he also uh, had created the ad campaign, I guess, for Burger King and all this. Well, and so
7: I actually, I have, I have been talking to wilson estate um and i have seen documentation that actually mark wilson was the one who created the, uh, that character the burger king. mark wilson worked with the bur- uh, burger king back when it was the fat king and then the ad uh, the advertising company that burger king worked with wanted to change it up and was working with mark wilson already on a bunch of magic tricks and so mm-hmm. mark wilson helped to create the slim down character that would become the magical burger king uh, Tony did work on the campaign, but he worked uh, out on the East Coast, whereas Mark Wilson was working with the uh, the actual brains behind the the whole burger King, the campaign, national campaign, the yeah. national campaign uh, out on the the uh, in, on on the West Coast. Uh, and actually, I've got, I had a really nice conversation with his son Greg Wilson, who's got mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, amazing documentation, photos, costumes, all kinds of stuff that uh, really should be, we should check out. I'm really hoping to get Greg on the podcast soon to talk more about his dad's uh, legacy with not only the Burger King campaign but everything else and the stuff. That that Greg has done.
1: Yeah. Well, he is a fascinating uh, yeah. conversationalist. Yes. We, uh, I, I cornered him at, uh, I think it was the Phoenix IBM convention a few years ago. Uh, late at night, we had a few glasses of scotch and uh, loosened his tongue a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Talked pretty well about yeah. a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, so I'm glad you're enjoying this convention. I'm glad that just somebody had walked by and said how much they enjoyed your lecture then last night as well. So, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you did well and you're having a great time. So you think you might come back another time?
7: Oh, of course I'll come back to TAOM. I'd love it here.
1: Yeah, good. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Eric Tate, FISM winner, Scotty Allen. I always like to talk with uh, registrants uh, at conventions who, uh, who are attending for their first time. And uh, I get double pleasure if it's their first convention of any kind of a magic convention. And uh, here's someone who's been a magician, I assume, for a long time, but their first convention. Here he is, Robert Ballin. Hey, Robert. Hi. <laughs> so tell me about this convention. Have you been a magician, first of all, for a while? Uh,
8: no, it's been about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened is I, I teach math for a living. And I took a course about 11 years ago on mathematical card tricks, mm-hmm. so I could bring that into the classroom. And after doing that for a while, I thought, well, the math ones are nice, but I want to find, quote-unquote, real magic. Right. Slighting. So yeah. yeah. So I started studying slights and things mm-hmm. like that, um, and found a group nearby the uh, uh, Cajun Conjurers over in Lake Charles, mm-hmm. is my local IBM ring. Um, and then once the uh, uh, TAOM was gonna be in Houston, which is close enough to Beaumont, I thought, well, let me give it a try.
1: Yeah. And so uh, you just heard about this, but hadn't, uh, again, attended any other conventions. Yeah. What prevented you
8: from attending earlier TAOM conventions? Uh, mostly the distance plus expense. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what I'd get out of it since I'm a hobbyist and not a professional. But this being so close by, I thought, let's just give it a shot and, and see. And so the obvious question is, you wonder what you're going to get out of it. And now we're into like the third day
1: here. So what has it been worth your time and trouble? And-
8: um, in a lot of ways, yeah. Uh, I've met some really great people. This is the friendliest kind of thing I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to professional meetings before. And this is definitely the uh, uh, the kind where you sit down and somebody on your right or left immediately starts talking to you. And that's, sure. that's really nice for a newcomer. Yeah. Um, being in the middle of nowhere, Texas, it was nice to be able to go to the dealer's room and actually handle stuff before buying it. Uh, that, that was really nice, to be able to talk to people. Um, I don't know that many people in Magic. So to actually put names and faces together and, and make friends, you know, it, it's been a big bonus.
1: Right, and then some of the lectures that we've had. I guess you've been learning from uh, the lecturers as well.
8: Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are learning are learning more stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm definitely learning from them. Well, they
1: have different uh, variety of uh, performers in which they're talking about whether it's it's uh, business or children's entertainment or mentalism or sleight of hand or whatever. So
8: yeah, and one thing for sure, you know, I, at my age, I'm never going to be a busker, mm-hmm. right? I uh, my career is set. But listening to Doug Con was really interesting because it's an aspect of life I'm never going to know, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to find out about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, to learn about other kinds of, at um, uh, different aspects, I guess we you will. You know, yeah. so, yeah.
8: Yeah, you know, being a hobbyist, there's so much I don't know, and it's very neat to learn. Yeah. Well, Robert, I'm glad you're enjoying this convention, so you'll come to another one, huh? When it's in Houston, yes. If it's far, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: well, uh, you weren't too far from New Orleans. We've had the uh, side of magicians convention. Over that's so.
8: true. That's true. But two in a row seemed like a lot.
1: <laughs> well, this is my tenth this year, <laughs> so I get around to a few. Yeah. Anyhow, thanks very much. It's a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, That's Robert Allen, Scotty L. I have been talking with several other performers uh, throughout the uh, last couple of days, and I'd yes. uh, like to uh, uh, bring you listeners uh, some real good content from real good performers and lecturers. And I have one who is going to be doing both. He's lecturing today, he was performing right? lecturing, yes, lecturing yes, okay, tonight. Lecturing yeah. Yeah. And uh, star of stage and screen, here he is, Steve Valentine. Hey, Steve. Hello,
9: hello, hello. Hang on a minute. <clears throat> it's been three o'clock in the morning yesterday. We were uh, doing magic and midnight madness.
1: As I, stand, I understand, you up. you closed midnight madness like it. 2 30 this
9: morning. Yes, it was pretty nuts. <laughs> so I just got up. What is it? Eleven o'clock. I just had breakfast. It's that kind of a convention.
1: Actually, it is. I it the, is eleven o'clock. Yeah, yeah and I missed <laughs> the
9: competition. But other than that, it's been great. You know.
1: <laughs> so uh, I was going to say, what has your experience been like here at the TWM?
9: Lovely. Everyone's warm and friendly, and mm-hmm. you know, I haven't really left the hotel. I haven't seen much of of Houston at all. Right. Um, you leave and you just kind of walk in the oven and then you're like, yeah, not today, Satan. And then you turn around and walk back <laughs> inside today, the hotel. Um, yeah. It's been lovely uh, meeting um, so, many, so many people from here and from all the different Texas magic mm-hmm. associations, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and then bringing in, there's a great idea when we do the stage shows to, to bring in people from the public as well, mm-hmm. to mix so the audience is a mix of magicians and, and lay people. Because right. you really want to have that, Where you want to show magicians, your act and you want to present it properly, you want to really have them see how you work for people, for real people.
4: Real
1: people. And you yeah. say, I want to have yeah. a real audience. We yeah. did that many, many years ago. I want to say it was Walter Blaney's idea. He always said, let's keep the first three to six rows for the public only. Yeah. So this way you can get their reactions because that will be create a wave behind you. Because yeah. if they're magicians sitting in the front few rows with their arms crossed, like
9: I've seen this, arms you know. Cross, <laughs> arms crossed, legs crossed, eyes rolling, right. you know. There's uh, no
1: energy for the no performer no, to build no. on.
9: Yeah, but last night we had a lot of energy you from did. the crowd and, and, uh, and it was... Uh, it was a really fun show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh, great. Now, you don't uh, perform at conventions very often. Is this the first one you've done this year? or uh,
9: I don't do conventions because normally, because um, my main job is as an actor, mm-hmm. I, I can never commit to when they want to advertise and say, right, Steve's going to be at the convention. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, if, I, if a job comes up, that i have to take it yeah and um and because the nature of the business is that you'll sometimes find out a couple of weeks before if you have a gig right so um it hasn't been possible but because of the strike i've been able to kind of catch up on my conventions so uh this has been a lot of fun um i've got blackpool maybe next year we're talking about maybe doing blackpool next year and you say maybe
1: because again it's based upon whether the strike is over or not exactly yeah
9: yeah 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 Uh, yeah. and um, that's the conversation i'm having with them right now it's Mm -hmm. like you know to be aware of that and Magic Live was always great when they Stan would book me on Magic Live because he doesn't advertise who's coming right so if it changes <laughs> last minute nobody knows <laughs> no one gets disappointed
1: I don't remember you weren't there this year though
9: I wasn't I, no I, I, I couldn't make it this year
1: oh man it was a good convention had a lot of FISM winners and everything there. Stan did a great job as usual
9: you know? yeah this is what I heard, I heard it yeah. was incredible
1: I didn't realize you were so tall I mean when we've talked before we're usually seated we're usually seated what are you 6'4"? I'm 6'5"?
9: Five. 5 okay if I stand up straight oh what, 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 what are you? I'm five, ten. Five ten. Yeah. yeah. You look six foot, though. Well, I'm on high heels. Maybe it's because I'm <laughs> stooping now. That's what it is. I'm getting older and I'm shrinking.
1: Well, when you're doing close-up magic and you're kind of bending over all the time, you know, showing that somebody. that
9: thing, right? When yeah. I, um, we have a tendency to perform like uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, you mm-hmm. know, and it's always kind of bent over. Oh, yeah. um, when I was doing a, a, a tour recently, and I, now I do it all the time, if I'm doing close-up on stage with a camera, mm-hmm. and I've got somebody there, I'll use bar stools, the tall bar stools mm-hmm. and a tall table. Oh. So that people are almost at eye level. Eye level yeah. Because you just, and it's so much better for the techniques that you're going to use, mm-hmm. you know, and for everybody can look at everyone in the same plane. It's
1: great it to is. be at eye level. That's the same thing like when you're working with children to kind of get down your knee and get, you know, to talk with them. So yeah. they, that way you don't seem like such a giant. I mean, not just you, but and we, an know, adult. But in general. Normally
9: an adult is me. I mean, they just they just look up and up and up and up and up. Right. And yeah.
1: yeah. Now, you were saying that. Possibly, you may soon be again doing your one man show at uh, an upcoming thing. W- I-, I remember that uh, Guy Hollingworth had his show. Uh I it's what based it, was on Erdnays, right? it was based on Erdnase, It was based yeah. on Erdnase. Now, yours is completely different from his. So yes. Mine's based on
9: S.E. E. Andrews. <laughs> 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 Mine is based on... You're killing me. <laughs> I have a show called uh, Life and Other Deceptions, which is, uh, which is about my um, career in L.A. kind of yeah. arriving in Los Angeles and trying to be a magician and an actor mm-hmm. at the same time and then realizing that it wasn't going to work mm-hmm. and some of the kind of choices that I had to make along the way. And so I've kind of fused the magic and the acting into kind of... It's, it's a magic show, but it's also a lot of narrative and drama and pathos and um, and true life stories. And um, and really, it's, it's about uh, never denying a part of yourself because you think other people might not appreciate it. You know, you should always be completely 100% yourself. And did you write this yourself then? I did. It was the first... One-man mm. show I'd ever written, which was a trial by fire, because because you know, you know the hardest part is how do you write a one-man show without it being? There's a saying that a one-man show is the last refuge of the narcissistic actor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's me, 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 right. me, me, and then right. I did this and then I did that, yeah. and you just have to. Um, and it's what I ended up discovering was, you 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 have to pose those questions to the audience. You know, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever seen this? Did you ever, has anyone ever treated you this way? Mm-hmm. And, and then you see people nodding in the crowd. And it, so even though my story is a Hollywood story, what I discovered was that it, people it's related to it. Story. It's a universal story, yeah. We all go for our dreams. Mm-hmm. We're often told, you know, don't, don't do that because there's a chance you'll fail, get a real job or mm-hmm. whatever it is you want to do. And we let other people kind of um, nudge us into these other paths that we don't want to be on. Mm-hmm. The universe will always try to get you back on the path that you're supposed to be on. If you just listen. If you'll listen, yeah. yeah, which is what the story is also about. That's yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, for those people who might be interested in doing a one, own one-man show, that's why I wanted to ask you mm. about that, uh, that you had written that, but I'm assuming that you had a, a gaggle of people who were helping you as far as directing and producing. And, so know, I had, So uh, Chris
9: Chris Philpott, because yeah. he was the one who inspired me to write it in the first place, and he wrote an, um, a treat... He is a scriptwriter. writer. That's yeah, his he's, job. he's amazing, and yeah. he wrote a treatment... Um, for which inspired me <laughs> he always says he writes stuff for me and then i go and do something else <laughs> but because it inspires me and so there were a lot of his ideas that were in the show there was um uh the original show um uh, chip lowell came in and directed it because i'd never done more than a 20 minute stage act hmm. so this was a two and a half hour one man wow. show so okay. it was it was um, you just i just jumped in with feet first and mm-hmm. and we pulled it off thank god
1: yeah, was that part of the French festival in LA
9: or no I did it at a theater um, the, like I said the original version I rented a theater we did it um, and then I did a 90 minute version at another venue and then at the castle I did it I made it 42 minutes which was an, an, a lesson in editing and um, the new version is 90 is back to 90 minutes that's mm-hmm. what I think. I like to keep it at 90 wow if I do it at Blackpool it'll have to be 60 which okay. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to happen but we'll well, I'd figure it out. You got time between now and February. Yeah, right. But you know, <laughs> you know, magicians will leave us a little week week before. Yeah, that's true. Like, god ah, damn it, no, I gotta. I didn't think I was gonna have to do this, um, but it's uh, you know, yeah. I hope Blackpool uh, comes along. I hope we're able to figure that out because I've heard amazing things about it as a convention.
1: Yep, it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, Steve, thanks very much. Appreciate of course, your time.
9: My pleasure. It was great chatting.
1: So, over the Magic Word Podcast, that was Steve Valentine, Scotty Out. Well, this evening's show is going to be the capper of it all. This is somebody that I've been looking forward to having at the TOM for a while. Uh, it's always good to have an illusion show to uh, close uh, any big event, whether it's a corporate event or uh, certainly magic conventions or Las Vegas shows or whatever. And I've got a follow here who has uh, done all of that and more, and particularly works with the um, not Wounded Warriors, but works with uh, the... What is it? The veterans, the, I Armed guess? Armed Forces. Armed Force forces. forces. That's yep. what I'm trying yep. to Armed Forces Entertainment. And who is going to be uh, our entertainer this evening and closing the show, Mr. Rob Lake. Hey, Rob. Hey, so good <laughs> to see you again. Thanks for having me down here. Thanks for uh, bringing me to this convention. Sure. I'm so happy that we're having you here. And we kind of get two for one because another guy's going to be in the audience kind of critiquing. It's <laughs> another yes, well-known illusionist. notes to me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who you may know then as a well-known illusionist who, again, worked in Las Vegas and, uh, of course, is like the King of Branson, uh, King of Magic, you know, or Prince of Magic. I guess. So it is, actually. <laughs> here he is, Kirby Van Burch. Hey, Kirby. Thank you, Scott. Nice to see you. <laughs> Good having you here then, too. I'm glad that you came, just to see Rob, because Rob's been a long-time friend of yours, right? A long-time friend. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. So, this evening, you, uh, now, did you bring some illusions and, and perform on the way down, or are you just coming down for this, or how did... Uh, what, what else have you been doing? So, so, all summer, I've been performing at the Atlantis in the Bahamas. And
10: mm-hmm. In fact, I had two shows last night, and, you know, I uh, left the theater about 2 a.m., and then got to uh, the left for the airport at 5 a.m got here this afternoon set up the show and then in the morning I fly back to the Bahamas first thing at 7 a.m I think is my flight departure time so what a rough yeah, life hey no but I, I asked for it. I couldn't miss this for the world you know I'm so excited yeah. to be here so the illusions here we had were already here we kept them behind in the US so I could mm-hmm. bring them here for this uh, event in the ballroom here tonight mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: that's gonna be pretty much of a, of a full show I know Michael mm-hmm. Finney's gonna be opening he's gonna do about 20 minutes I guess and then right, you're gonna right. be doing about an hour then, yeah or? Uh, yeah about so you know it's very
10: interactive so that can fluctuate a little bit and what an honor to have Michael Finney he is so funny and when I yeah. told me <laughs> he would be sharing the stage I said I said, you know I'm sharing the stage with him it's the other way around is yeah he is he's a legend and he's uh he's hilarious and every time I see him I hurt from laughing so I'm glad to have him here tonight
1: well I know when we talked before you were wanting to be we were planning on just having you just mm-hmm. a, as a solo act and but we had Michael Finney coming in too we thought well, we really want to have him someplace so I asked you and you graciously said yes but as you said you're, you're oh glad I, 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 so. I will be watching him from the I'm gonna try to sneak out and watch him from the front because <laughs> it's, it's, he, he's a jo- he's so seasoned he's a, such a
10: pro and yeah. He really is one of the funniest guys in the business. I love him, and I think in Kirby, we're just we're talking about that too.
1: Now, as far as the show you're doing in the Bahamas, that's which which hotel and casino? That's right? at the Atlantis Resort. Atlantis. We've been there all summer. All summer. Yeah. Uh, is this the first year you've been there, or have you been no? This back? is this is my fourth year. I was
10: there uh, the first time I went was 2015, and it was an mm-hmm. eight-week gig that kept extending, extending, extending for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took time off and the pandemic, delayed us. So it was the first time back in five years. Mm-hmm. But we were glad to be back. It felt like being back at home.
1: Now you recently did an Armed Forces show because, mm-hmm. as I recall, I think you'd sent me a link about one of the shows you. Had That's done. right. So during the pandemic, uh, before the pandemic, we'd toured and
10: done shows for Armed Forces Entertainment all around the world. I'd been entertaining the troops for about 15 years or more. Mm-hmm. And then I, um... Okay, And so, so I entertained the troops all around the world and created, you know, magic and performed tours from every year. And then the pandemic, we couldn't do it. So we created TV specials for Armed Forces Network. Mm-hmm. And we did that during the pandemic. And we, it was such a big hit. It was a record-breaking streaming and wow. viewership. So they asked us to create another one that just released a couple weeks ago as our newest TV special for Armed Forces just released.
1: I'm curious how this is doing. Because back then, of course, all the way you could see anything is to stream it, basically. But right. now people can get out of the house. How have the numbers been as far as watching that? I'm, I, I can't believe they'd be as good as what they were before, but I assume they're are so good. Uh, we're
10: on the same path as our very
1: first one. Well, that was a fantastic. major. Good for yeah. You. Yeah.
10: Okay. Yeah. So we're
1: still on the same path. And uh, whenever that you're traveling and doing the Armed Forces shows, do you do the same show at different bases? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We do a lot of bases, which you know, around vary. the world, or all,
10: around, all around the world. In fact, uh, Armed Forces Entertainment takes magic and entertainment a little bit of home mm-hmm. to troops and their families in really remote areas around the world. So mm-hmm. places that you know they. Don't even get any type of entertainment Since we bring hell, magic, and a great you know, experience Where the troops and their families are living right. Very often it's an isolated remote area
1: now, I know this, that you're from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and so yep. uh, you reside there, born there, and did, have you ever attended the TAOM whenever you were younger? I've only been to one, and it was in Lubbock, and mm-hmm. I had a great
10: time. I've, that was the only magic convention I've ever been to.
1: That was a pretty good one, actually. It I was, remember, it was. It
10: Kevin James you? was the headliner there, yep, and right. Bruce Block was his uh, guest act, and mm-hmm. it was just a good friends of mine. And, uh, and I you know, drove there, it was the first time I went to a magic convention, and I had a great time. <laughs> How can you not? I mean, the oh, TAOM is a, a lot of fun, then, as it's well. It's a blast. And it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of people you know, you know, Oklahoma's not far from Texas, and right. it's, you know, kind of, it's really a regional convention, so there's a lot of uh, friends. And, well, we and, always
1: say that's the seventh flag over Texas. Uh, you know? It could be, at least remember, we're over it, remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lived in Tulsa for a number of years, so I can appreciate that. Yes, too. yes, of course. It's a wonderful uh, state. Uh, and Kirby, you have not been at the T A O M. you come actually see your friend uh, Rob over here, so.
11: That's right. Have you, have
1: you attended a T A O M in the past?
11: I have. I The last one I was at was in uh, San Antonio,
1: mm-hmm. but the first one I went to was in Houston, Texas. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you come in here this evening, you really haven't had a chance. Of course, the dealers have just shut down everything. And and uh, pretty much most everything is going to be done uh, this evening after the show. Uh, we're going to be having a president's party, in which I guess they've told you how that's going to work. And we're going to clear this, I guess, and have uh, some cake. I don't know about ice cream. We're going to have some uh, presidential cake. And then tomorrow morning will be the fourth and final day. But really, it's going to be abbreviated from the standpoint the dealers are closed. But Brent Braun and Andy are going to be giving a lecture.
6: Oh, great. Uh, so great, yeah. They, yeah,
1: I'm, sad I'm, great. I'm sad I'm going to miss that. And you said your flight is awake. I, my, I, I, my, no, it's I, I board at six o'clock. Okay, so as soon as your show's over, I'm on the way to the airport. You're on your way yeah. out. <laughs> I was going to say that's why I'm glad I'm catching you now. Uh, so, are you excited about showing uh, some stuff that you haven't done in a while here, or are these things you know, just you know, for the, standards? So, so
10: this is obviously, you know, we perform in theaters and arenas where we bring in many semi trucks and we have, you know, lots of space. Sure. This is a ballroom. You know, there's chandeliers that hang down. You know, I think these chandeliers hang down eight feet, so yeah. it's limits on what we can do here, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. So it just means it's it's different than my summer show. It's mm-hmm. different than our arena tours. So these are what we kind of call the, kind of the corporate ones, which the more fun for me Mm. it's more interactive and we really crammed every piece of magic we could on this ballroom stage we took over every space backstage to put the illusions to give us the biggest show we could in this room Mm -hmm. and we're really excited for it it's it's a custom show because when we tour and travel it's very routine it's very repetitive but here this is a custom unique show we created just for TUM tonight
1: well, that's great, just for us. Just for, of course, just because for Because it is kind of small from the standpoint that there are only a couple hundred seats mm-hmm. uh, here, and you're used to like 200,000 seats. <laughs> you're <know, laughs> right, 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 right. Thousands and thousands of seats. Exactly, you know, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that you normally do. So I'm glad that uh, you have taken this, and I want to thank you guys on behalf of the TAOM, for you and your crew. And speaking of your crew, they've been fantastic. You sent them in advance because they'd set up not only the curtains and everything and, uh, and the lighting. We had great help with Kent uh, Dickensheets uh, as well as in mm-hmm. your crew, Joe, and everybody else who's been helping us with the audio over there and has been outstanding. I think we've had some some of the best audio conditions of any taom because typically again someone brings in their own audio system thinking that they know what they're doing and they don't like a professional like you guys do sure well i'm glad i'm glad it worked out glad we can help yeah you really have it's been great uh kirby any uh words over there that uh what you're going to be working on what's uh do we're going to be doing this thing in galveston is that something we can talk about yet yeah, possibly I'm, no I, i'm working on it i'm working on getting a place in galveston and doing mm-hmm. the show so maybe seeing, uh, maybe seeing uh, Kirby and friends that uh, be coming to someplace in Galveston. Soon. I
8: hope so soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope so too. I really do, and you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the Magic Word podcast, that was Rob Blake and Kirby Van Birch. Scotty out. We just finished the evening show here and it was a tremendous way to close this convention in which we had Michael Finney doing about a 20-30 minute act and then we had another hour with Rob Lake doing some amazing illusions. And uh, it was a good way to kind of round out the, this convention here this evening. And we're getting ready for the president's party here shortly but I thought I would have a chance to talk with Mike Miller who is the entertainment director or I guess talent chairman. Producer, been, whatever. producer. Yeah, yeah. producer. For the uh, SAM conventions as well as uh, Abbott's, and also the Super Sunday that you put together and everything. Here he is, Mike Miller. Hey, I'm Mike. In China Hello. tour. Yeah, hi. Let's kind of stand over here so okay. it's not quite as mm-hmm. quite as noisy. Um, and so uh, you've been busy here for this convention. Actually, starting yes. to book for next year because
11: we're going to be having the combined convention. combined convention. And he asked me to produce the shows for the North American Championship T A O M and SAM. So yeah. I'm working on some good acts. It's going to be totally different than what. I think TAM's used to. I don't know, but we'll see. I've
1: been talking with some FISM winning acts and things like that. Things are going to be different next year because it'll be a lot of competition. Yes. And so whereas now we limit that, we have, you know, one, like an hour or so that's going to be for close-up competition, and then we have... Uh, in another couple hours for, right. you know, but we don't have but half dozen or so competitors. Yeah. And so next year there will be several, I'm anticipating, so there will be a day or two of competition and like probably. regular FISM. Yeah, I probably. I think it's, well, hopefully, let's put it yeah. that way, hopefully. Because there will be people from all over North America coming in right. because this is the pathway to get to FISM. You have uh, Canada,
11: United States... I think just Mexico. The, Mexico, yeah. And there's some great magicians
1: in Mexico. Oh yeah, no one's seen. Yeah. So, have you booked uh, some uh, people then also and from the um, uh, from Mexico in the past, like for oh,
11: some years? I've children. had some. I've had a few from Mexico. Um, from Spain, i have had a couple from Puerto Rico. Uh, well, I've done a lot from Spain. Yeah, because they've got probably some of the best close-up magicians in the world in Spain. Point. Yeah, they do. Yes. There, particularly card guys yeah, that yeah. are uh, really tremendous. And there's some great illusionists too. Yonki uh, from Spain. He's fantastic. He's big illusionist. I had him in the China tour years ago. Now, how do you get to meet these people? I just go to conventions and if I see an Me act too. I like, I will uh, ask for information. Yeah. And like I said, they don't know who I am, but eventually I'll contact them and see if we can work it out. We bring them to either China, S.A.M., we were hopefully here
1: next year hopefully so and uh, I know that you have a uh, again a big pool of magicians to pull from yeah. I guess and uh, they probably want to come and work these conventions also
11: yeah and I want to bring fizzle winners from around the world to here so North America can see how they think outside of the United States and Canada and Mexico because over in like Korea uh, Japan China, even China, and all of Europe, they, they think totally different than when we think here about magic. They really do.
1: And I know that Mark Souza and some others have yes. been talking about, uh, and, and also Eric Tate, uh, trying to um, get people FISM ready, because FISM yeah. is not an American championship. Uh, Mark's they, is going to put a lot into it, and he's going to uh, try to do it,
11: try to do what he can to let people think outside the box.
1: It's part of the problem, I think, is some people just don't know about um, what FISM is like. And you need to actually attend to FISM before you try to compete, because once you do, it's like, holy cow, it's a whole different right. level. I mean, this is like the minor leagues to the major leagues. And know. the only way you're going to get there is through TAOMSAM next year. And they need to yeah. just register now. Yeah, very good. I would register now, yes. Mike, thanks very much. Always good appreciate luck. appreciate it. Good Thank you. you. Okay, for the Magic Word Podcast. That was Mike Miller. Scotty, out. Another person who was, uh, actually, we just finished, as I said, the evening show. But someone who was in the first show on the Friday night that uh, we had as the kickoff uh, had closed the show was Harry Maurer and i got him with me here right now. Hey, Harry. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Fantastic. Did you have a good time this
12: year? You know something? I had a ball. I had a ball. It's been very, I very rarely have done conventions. I think I've done four in my career, and I just had a blast. It was so good to come here and actually perform, and people got to know me, and they understand yeah. what I do, because you know something? People in the in this area don't really know what I do unless they come out to my shows. Right. So I really enjoyed doing it doing it for magicians, and
1: ha- getting,
12: the accolades have been uh, amazing. I've been I've been so touched by whatever everything people have said.
1: I know that you've been coming for years and you, to the TAOM, and we've seen you here. We always chat and have a martini or two, but I uh, I, I do not remember when you actually performed at a TAOM. This is your first TAOM, is
12: This is my first TAOM. Four
1: conventions, first TAOM. Four, four, yeah. four,
12: yeah. uh, four conventions. Two of them were in New Jersey. One was the one in Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah, that would
1: have been the uh, Winter Carnival. It, was that Winter Carnival? I think Winter Carnival, yeah. Okay, and then then this one. And then MEAS, so that was the one in, out in uh, New Jersey, do you remember? No,
12: it was the Garden State Magic Cow. Oh, wow, that was a long time ago. Right? That was a long time ago. I'm talking
1: okay. in the 70s. Okay, yeah, Man. yeah. Because they don't they hold that anymore
12: over here. They don't here. even have it anymore, I I'm, gl-
5: I'm
1: glad that they, people had an opportunity to see, because I have known and respected you for many reasons for such a long time, and you've been working cruises for how many years, 40 oh years? Oh, my gosh, 30-something so, years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, of course, a lot of times magicians go to sea, and the magicians on land, they, you don't know them. I mean, they're, they're, they're big like you are out there. But people don't know them until they come back on the land and mm-hmm. then work some shows, as you have. been I mean, working at Scott Pepper's uh, place up in San Antonio and yeah. having your own show around here and everything then too. So unless they come out, yeah, magicians don't typically get to see it.
12: Well, one thing I learned is I don't always stay on the ships. I always try to balance my
1: land and, yeah. and ship stuff because
12: you never know what's going to happen. Because you do something in Florida. I know I happen to run into you. Yeah, the- we tour in Florida. We do colleges and communities and For like a uh, month theaters. out of the year. Usually one or two months out of the year. This year, this, this year it'll be a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we have a ball doing that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you do. So I'm glad that you had fun, and I'm sure that you got a lot of accolades and people saying, holy cow,
12: you were really amazing. And I
1: did hear of that, that very thing. You know, you know
12: something, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed because I rarely perform for magicians. And it's, it's it's an awkward position to be a magician and go on stage in front of so many of your peers. And then you don't know how they're going to react to it. And they and everybody's been so amazing and so complimentary. And it's just, it, it really meant a lot.
1: It's kind of like, you know, at the Magic Castle. Whenever that you go to work... People People think well i got to have something special no you know just do you because they're hiring you and you do personality right. do your 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 jokes and everything, and same thing at a convention. I don't think it's necessarily necessary to put together a convention act. You just do your act, because that's what they're hiring you for. Well, that's you what know? you spent years developing. You know
12: you,
13: exactly. Yeah,
1: right. you've you, you spent so
12: much time developing things. You know, what scares me is people who say, "Oh, I'm going to put an act together for this one specific night." And you can and they tell try to do it, and yeah. it's not a full act. It just yeah. doesn't come across as professional yeah. or slick. They, they haven't learned the ins and outs of the, of the uh, not, not the tricks themselves, but the ins and outs of the routines to flow from one to the other to make it really entertaining.
1: Well, I was sitting next to Scott Hollingsworth, and as some people know, he was the entertainment director at Magic Island for so many years. And as we were chatting, and he kept saying, well, you can tell that Harry's a pro because of how he hits his mark every time, and he has the right pauses and inflection, and he waits, you know, for the laughter and it accepts things. He's just, he said, he's got it. He's got it, you know. No, you can <laughs> tell by the shoes. <laughs> you always tell by the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Scotto has meant so much to so many of us in really putting us on our path.
12: So. Oh, he's he's amazing, and you know something, I love seeing Scotto. We were going to open the open the show by saying he comes from all over this wide <laughs> wide, wide world, world, which is the standard introduction for every everybody band? who came to Man- yeah. Magic Island. Yeah.
1: A large roll of hundred dollar bills wrapped up in a rubber
12: band. Anybody <laughs> yes. that a, Yep. Sir,
1: yep. I found your rubber band. I yes, found sir. your rubber band. <laughs>
6: that
1: been funny. Well, listen, thank you very much, Harry. It's always good uh, seeing you, particularly perform as well. well so I'm glad you us. had a good time.
12: I've got to tell you, we're going to miss you in Houston, but I am going to come visit you in
1: Austin. I hope you do, please I do. do. I will, I promise. Okay. And when I come down, I'll uh, have a place to stay? You got it. Okay, there we go. So, the Magic Word Podcast. That was my good, good, good buddy, Harry Bauer, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening out there, let me give you a sneak preview. This coming Thursday on the 7th, we're going to be releasing uh, an episode I did with Harry Maurer a few months ago. And talking about the war magician, we're talking about working cruise ships and comedy clubs and and, uh, so many things. And so you're going to enjoy that. So if you don't know much about Harry, come back on Thursday and and learn more. Well, thank you so much for (laughs) taking the time. It was really nice. Thank you. So the Magic Word Podcast. Again, that was Harry Maurer. This is Scotty Allen. one more person that I really wanted to uh, chat with, we had just uh, a wonderful competition, uh, both in stage and in close-up, and the fella who had won the comedy competition uh, is here with me then right now, from San Antonio Greg Young. Hey Greg. Hello, Scott. <laughs> glad that you're here, and uh, glad that you had entered. You, Your delivery for comedy is perfect. Your timing and everything.
14: Do you find that to be natural, or do you have to work on that? Uh, I hate to say it out loud, but yeah, that's just what I do. That's just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. It just comes that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. last year I remember you asked if I did improv, and I was thinking about it later, and I said no, because I don't, and I was thinking about it later, and uh, kind of my whole life is improv. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, comedy is something I enjoy. Well, when you came up with this particular routine, because I remember, you won last year, too, correct? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, and was it for a comedy, or was it stage? Same thing, comedy. Same thing as yeah. well. Uh, it's, it's always good if you're the only person who's competing, for one thing. makes it a little bit easier. It doesn't but, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, for people who are listening, yeah, although he was the only person who was entered into comedy, you have to have so many points, just like with In in order to win place or show, basically, and they don't always give that away. Yeah, maybe, they may not even give it away if there are more than three or four competitors if you don't score well enough. In this case, I thought you knocked it out of the park. I mean, I was hoping you would have, like,
14: best of convention I'm something. I was... Very, very happy. <laughs> actually, there's actually one effect I didn't get to do. There was a finale that it didn't work out that I would have loved to have been done, but... It, what was that? Can you tell us? Uh, well, kind of... No, I can't. Okay. But it, anytime there's a button and a battery involved, it can go wrong, and I tested it right before, and it didn't work, but that was my original finale, so it was fine. It Just an extra 45 seconds I would have loved to have done, but... What about the, the planning for this particular act? Uh, the hard part, since it there's hardly... A, difficult slights and it was just the script getting the scripting right and 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 it's tough to to compress it to 10 minutes you know like last year I wrote a half hour and then cut 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 and this is half of the show that I thought I was going to do as far as the number of things it just you don't want to be rush rushing through things just to get an extra thing in right and so that was uh, I, I was ha- I was happy with it did you workshop this, uh, like, for the local club, or did you go to comedy clubs, or just show your wife, or what? Uh, nope. First humans to see all of that was was, wow. was this morning. You know, well, a lot of it was magician-centric, so it wouldn't play. some of it wouldn't play as well to a lay audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it's kind of hard to practice. I mean, I could have done some of that's hard to do at a ring meeting or something, too. Yeah. So I just... Uh, Re- Rehearsed a thousand times in my head, mostly. <laughs> so you didn't really get any feedback from anybody because no. you hadn't performed it anywhere. No, nope. no. Nope.
1: When you rehearse, do you rehearse one trick at
14: a time, or do you kind of do the whole thing in a little at a time? Yeah. Be- because of the nature of this, it was it was the script that kept the timing going. Okay. So so I ran through that script uh, a jillion times in, in my head, and not not always going fully through the the tricks. Sure. Uh, um, uh, but I went through each of the tricks individually to kind of get a sense of it. And then then beyond that, it was mostly running to that script over and over. Because um, uh, if that script worked well, everything else will take care of itself.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, and the script, after you you know what your timing is in delivery because you've only got 10 minutes?
14: Yeah, so exactly. And the, the big variable is, uh, of course, uh, spectators. So I prearranged the two guys that were going to come up. So they knew they were going to come up and kind of uh, prep them on the basics of what they were going to do. Because had the... My finale, I wanted to do. uh, Had I been able to, it was going to be very tight on time. Right. So, so uh, pre pre uh, selecting the spectators was important, particularly in this audience. You you don't know how long it's going to take someone to get up. Right. And uh, and people get confused on the the simplest of instructions like up and down, and and (laughs) so so well. Particularly when they get up on stage then as well, that they're a little bit nervous too. Absolutely. And uh, those, the both of the uh, volunteers were fathers of juniors that were competing so okay. I, I, that was kind of intentional too because I knew that those juniors would love to see their dads get up there who were non, okay. non-magicians And I just thought that was coincidental and, and, <laughs> no it was and it was coincidence that one was a policeman that was that that was handy uh, uh, th- that one happened to be a policeman doing the handcuffs so that, oh, that, yeah, that,
1: that, that was good. great
6: that,
14: that was great
1: yeah <laughs> well Greg again congratulations appreciate uh, you uh, showing us uh, this was great thank you Scott welcome so with the Magic Word Podcast that was Greg Youngs. Scotty out Before we wrap up for this evening, I wanted to talk with the uh, contest chairman and contest and awards chairman, because I know you are interested in who had won the contest. We just talked with Greg Youngs, who was the winner of the comedy award. But uh, uh, Bob,
13: we had a pretty good competition this year. You did a great job, by the way. Too. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we had great contestants. Uh, we actually had a lot more contestants that were going to be there. But Couple of them had some family issues. At the at, last minute, at yeah. the last minute, they couldn't make it, and uh, we wished them well. And uh, who knows, they might have won as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you never know, do you? It, no, we don't. But we had some great people, uh, regardless, and uh, we had enough people that actually won trophies in all the categories. And they got cash awards. Oh yeah, the kids really raked it in. Yeah, can <laughs> tell about that? Yeah. Well, we get we have funds from various sources over the years that uh, we uh, derive interest from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on the juniors, it's some of the money's based upon the scoring that they actually got. Mm-hmm. So it's not always the same amount. And then uh, from another uh, source, it's always the same amount. And you add it together, it comes out to quite a bit. Right, and this year was? Uh, the juniors each got $650. Yeah, and the other winners got $200. The, uh, the, seniors, the, seniors. See, yeah, the seniors each got 200 Plus, uh, the most amazing trophy, I think the best trophy in all of Magic. Oh, totally. Yeah, nothing else compares to it. I mean, it's like the Oscars of, of uh, Magic. Really yeah. And, and also, the, you know, the uh, the awards for the seniors could vary. Let's say if we only had one winner in senior mm-hmm. and one winner in uh, junior. Yeah. Well, each of them would have got an extra $500. Yeah. Wow. Well,
1: wow. Well. Well, let's go through the winners. So uh, what do you
13: want to go through here first? Yeah, uh, our stage winner was Bill Winters. He actually won uh, a comedy last, no, no, it wasn't comedy last year, was it? No, two years ago, mm-hmm. he, he won comedy. I remember that, it was a funny act, Yeah, yes. and okay. this time he entered a stage and won that.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh,
13: the close-up winner for uh, seniors was Michael Dimsel,
6: mm-hmm.
13: Uh a Fort Worth guy. Uh, our comedy Richard, winner. Hills, yeah. Yeah, comedy winner Greg Youngs, which uh, killed it again. <laughs> you know, last year, he just blew us away. And I kept thinking, oh, man, is it, if he ever enters again, how is he going to do it again? And sure yeah. enough, the very next year, <laughs> he's here, and he just blew us away again. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, junior stage winner was Anthony Wilkins. Uh He's actually won uh, another trophy from us in the past. That mm-hmm. was the amazing Anthony. I think he's from Houston. Uh, yes, he is. He's from Houston. I, I remember the first time he entered con- contest. contest uh, was in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And first time he'd ever been to a convention. And we were like, where's this kid been? <laughs> and he'd barely been in Magic. Right. Uh, the kid's a natural. Yeah. yeah. Uh, junior uh, close-up winner is Wyatt Monclaw.
1: And Wyatt's another Houstonian, and he is has been mentored by uh, Scott Hollingsworth. Do you know that?
13: Seriously, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's a good mentor. Mm-hmm. So, and
1: that, that proof in the pudding, you know, yeah. that if you yeah. get somebody behind you that helps you uh, to grow in the right way, yeah, yeah. then, you know, yeah. the sky's the limit.
13: Oh, yeah. All three of our close-up con- contestants in, uh, as a junior were terrific. They really were. They, they all had a good concept behind what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, focused. Uh, had it built the, all, all their their routines built. Yeah. It wasn't just like, "Hey, here's a trick. Oh, here's another trick."
6: Yeah,
13: uh, it was a routine act. Yeah, totally routine. It was great.
1: Well, see, it's getting right here. It's getting quiet. I think it's because it's about time for Steve Valentine's oh, yeah. lecture. Oh yeah. So I want to go catch that. Bob, thank you very much, and again, congratulations. Great job again this year. Thank you. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Bob Emery, Scotty Al.